and welcome to the Dog on the Pitch podcast, where we look at the funny side of football. I'm Guy Fagan, and in each show, I'm joined by a special guest, and we talk about their footballing experiences, anecdotes, and escapades. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you're not missing out. Again, be sure to subscribe to the show. And today I'm joined by Jordan Robinson, and we're going to be talking all things West Ham United, and also a bit about his comedy career so far. Welcome to the show, Jordan. Hi, Guy. I'm really happy to be here. Sounds great. Looking forward to it. Pleasure to have you on, mate. Um, So, first of all, how's it going in lockdown? And you're over in Northern Ireland, aren't you? Yeah, um, (laughs) if anybody's uh, watched the news recently. uh, Yeah, things are getting a bit heated up in Northern Ireland. Um, I kind of, I live just on the outskirts of the city, so it's not too bad. Um, but in terms of lockdown, I've had, I've had like a bit of a crazy lockdown since uh, it started. Um, I've gone in and had major heart surgery um, <laughs> during uh, like right in the middle of the pandemic when the lockdown was just around August time. Uh, and I spent the guts of about a month and a half in hospital. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's been an experience. Like, OK. And um for anyone who's not familiar with your style of comedy, mm-hmm. um, how long have you been doing comedy now? Uh, well, now it's been about three years now, but I started off doing uh, improv comedy um, uh, in Belfast, and then I moved out to Chicago, uh, and that's when I started doing stand-up uh, over in America, and uh, I did it in Boston for a bit, and then came back home to Belfast, and uh, yeah, no, just been gigging out of Belfast ever since and all around the UK and Ireland and stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting there. I'm getting there in terms of the amount of countries I've traveled to and gigged in and stuff like that. And all the different like comedy experiences. I'm, uh, you know, taking them off the bucket list. Wow. OK, so you, I guess you've got different perspectives sort of being over in the States and, mm. and gigging out there. Different. What are the audiences out there compared to to like in Northern Ireland? Well, well, it was weird for me because it kind of seemed like um, the people were enjoying the shows for the simple gimmick of I had an accent going into it. And they seemed to like, you know, just eat up anything that I was saying. And it was all it wasn't like, you know, big gigs just because I was starting out. So it was all like kind of like bringers and open mics and stuff like that. Uh, and it was quite like tame affair. But then I started like getting uh, decent enough gigs there for the uh, first couple of months. And when I came back to Belfast. I thought I was like, you know, the next Billy Conley. I thought like, this shit is so easy. Like, it's going to be so easy. Uh, and when I came back to Belfast, I um, I did this like burr pit kind of gig. Uh, and I didn't even last three minutes. Like it was, uh, it was a rude awakening. But uh, I'm glad I, uh, I like when I came back to Belfast, I kept it up because uh, it's just been, you know, the most fun since doing that. Great stuff. Okay. And um, how would you describe your style of comedy? Do you take a lot from the improv that you do? Um, well, I I would like to say yes, but um, uh, probably like crowd work and stuff like that. It's probably something that I don't do enough of um, when mm. I'm up on stage. And it's it started like most comedians not really knowing um, what way they wanted to go, uh, you know, just trying things out on stage, watching other comedians, trying to incorporate what you like about their set into yours um so now i would say it's like a kind of hybrid between i'd say about like 75 percent of it is observational comedy and then for some reason 25 percent is just pure one-liners 
um, which uh, it's, I found it so much easier because um, I had like really, uh, after I did my first show, I had like really bad writing block and I, I, I just couldn't uh, think of anything to like, uh, like spur me on to write some new material. But I found it really easy just to come up with like kind of quick one-liners. So that's how it kind of like made itself, uh, made its way into the set. And yeah, I, I, it seems to be a formula that works for me. Like, so I uh, kind of like keeping it up, if you know what I mean. Okay. How oh, interesting, because just normally uh, acts are normally one or the other, aren't mm -hmm. they? Yeah. So yeah, you that... tend to kind of, you tend to kind of do a mix or do you do like one bit of your set is one liners and one is, is kind of more observational? Yeah, I don't, I don't tend to mix them. Uh, like depending where I'm gigging or stuff like that, I, I would probably just use the segue kind of going like uh, the, all the stuff I've been talking about uh, normally works in like places like Belfast and Dublin and stuff like that. Uh, but I'm worried like uh, the, the stuff I talk about now is like too dark and dirty for like places I'm traveling to. But then it's like, it's just as bad, if not worse, when I'm doing the one-liners, if you know what I mean. So, um, yeah, it's it kind of, it feels natural. Well, probably not so natural for me now, so I've been doing it so long. But it felt like that's the kind of uh, kind of progression that it kind of took into just making it one kind of like cohesive set rather than splitting it in my head to the one-liners and actual material. Okay. Which is, yeah, it's good. And do you try any stuff online? Do you do any TikToks or anything? Uh, I'm, yeah, no, it's um, it's not for me. Uh, I know loads of people who are doing great stuff on TikTok and stuff like that, but it just, it's just one of those things where, uh, yeah, it doesn't really um, appeal to me at all. I, um, I, I did a couple of Zoom gigs at the start of lockdown. Uh, I'm pretty sure like most comedians to try and get the, the, the kind of like fix of being on stage. But uh, I, I don't know if anyone agrees with this, but I just don't think it's the same. Uh, the, you know, the uh, automatic kind of like response from the audience is it's just something you can't you can't kind of like synthetically make. It's it, it's just this carnal thing of making people laugh in your face. It's yeah, it's really good. Um, but yeah, no, I, apart from that, I kind of, I just keep myself to doing, uh, podcasts and stuff like that. And that's about it. Okay. Well, let's get down to business. <laughs> uh, so you are a West Ham fan. I am. Yeah. Um, one of the few ones yeah. in Belfast. Okay. And of course, um, being from Northern Ireland, mm -hmm. um, and, and not from the East End or Essex or wherever like that, yeah. West Ham fans <laughs> generally come from, how did it all start for you? Um, well, growing up, my my dad was a massive Manchester United fan, uh, like season tickets. Uh, he in our living room, there was a, a framed shirt uh, signed by Eric Cantona, massive United fan. And uh, one year back in, I think it was 1999, uh, my dad took us to Old Trafford and we were watching uh, West Ham against uh, Manchester United. And this is the the game where Decanio scored that bicycle kick or well, more like the folly kind of, you know, the one he's famous for. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was that game. But I remember my dad like taking, like we were going shopping beforehand. And I think, I can't remember what toy shop it was, but 
um, uh, we went in and he didn't let me get a toy that I really wanted. And, you know, I had a bit of a kind of temper tantrum. And I think I was like, okay, I'm going to hit him where it hurts here. I'm going to start supporting West Ham. And it started like that. But then I was like, actually, no, yeah, no, I'm going to support West Ham now. So it started support. I started supporting West Ham out of spite of my father. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, it's just gone from, I, I would like to say strength to strength, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so has there ever, ever been any times when you've, you've regretted that decision? Maybe you've gone with Man United. Uh, there, there's probably a couple of times, uh, like the the from 2000 to you know 2021, uh, but like <laughs> no, not really. I kind of uh, I don't know if it's just because I've had this experience of supporting a a, a team that doesn't necessarily like isn't you know be it in glory or anything like that. The way like uh, United or uh, Liverpool or any like one any uh, like team like that would be. Um, so that's, I, I kind of have like an appreciation for people who don't support the main clubs, if you know what I mean. Sure. Like, because if I, if I meet somebody who supports North City, I'm probably going to get on with them more than I am going to get on with someone who's, you know, supports United or Chelsea or Liverpool or anything like that. You like the underdog. I think that, I think that must be it. It's been, it's been drummed into my psyche from supporting West Ham for so long. I. Uh, Okay, well, being a, a Tramier Rovers fan, um, oh, I'm with you there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so, what's been your your biggest high supporting West Ham? Um, full credit to my dad here, but uh, in uh, what was it, two thousand and six? Uh, my dad was able to get me and him tickets to the uh, FA Cup final against Liverpool. Okay. Um, yeah. That that was actually one of the highlights of my life never mind like uh, supporting West Ham uh, and I think it is definitely the lowest point I've ever got as a West Ham fan as well um, yeah but I, I think that it, it didn't do me any favors because that was me because obviously with Liverpool finishing uh, winning the FA Cup and then finishing in the top four um, they are yeah, top five, I think it was. So mm. they uh, automatically got European football. Um, so as the runners-up of the FA Cup, we got European. Uh, we were in the Europa League um, the following season. And then that was me having the assumption that, you know, West Ham are, you know, a European quality team that should be playing against these teams. And I think that tinted my my kind of my view on West Ham for a bit, going like, oh, these guys are uh, undoubtedly shit now just because you're not competing in Europe. You're not getting far in any form of the Cups, like the FA Cup or the Carling Cup or whatever it is now. So, uh, yeah, definitely. So my, my, my greatest and uh, my worst memory of West Ham came on the same day. Okay, bittersweet moment there. Mm, very much so, yeah. Okay. Um, and has there been any sort of real lows supporting West Ham? I'm sure there's been a lot, but... <laughs> yeah, there, there has been. <laughs> um, obviously, as I was saying, like with the FA Cup loss, like to get there was such such a big thing. And uh, then to lose it in penalties like that, it was... Um, I never really experienced loss in my life <laughs> up until then. Um, but uh, obviously, I'm going to say like, you know, the relegation and stuff like that. And I blanked that out of my memory. And... Um, uh, losing the Tottenham game uh, and it was when Carlos Tevez scored his first couple of goals for West Ham a couple of great free kicks um, yeah. that was that was a bitter pill to swallow especially because I have so many mates who are Spurs fans 
uh, and obviously being like, you know, a London club, um, it was a bit difficult to take. Um, also, I would probably say, uh, not necessarily, it, it was sad, but I wouldn't necessarily say like a low point was, uh, you know, leaving the bowling ground and heading to the London Stadium. Sure. Yeah, so it, it was definitely tough because um, I've had like memories of uh, going to bowling ground, watching, you know, just normal uh, Premier League matches, uh, getting to see Europa League matches, getting to see, you know, some of the greatest players like play against, you know, the team that you support and you hold dear, which is always a special thing. And when there isn't, when you move to, well, like, for example, when we moved to the um, London Stadium, that there was severe teeth and problems for me as a fan, simply to go like, yeah. you, you went to a place with so much history and not necessarily like winning cups and stuff like that, but games that were entertaining, players that were entertaining, uh, you know, managers who, uh, you know, were kind of like Marmite, you either loved them or you hated them. Um, and to go to this kind of like, it was almost like a sterile environment because of the whole London stadium being used in the Olympics. It wasn't like, it kind of felt like a bit hollow inside. And I think that it, it was like that way for the first couple of seasons. Yeah. 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 So it was a bit, it was a bit strange. I'm warm. I'm warming up to it now. I've been a couple of times. So I'm uh, yeah, I'm getting, I'm warming up to it. Like, okay. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, um, if you, you move in from a ground that you've got all of your history there, mm. you know, since the club. I don't know if it had a stadium before that, you know, maybe in the last century. Yeah, century yeah, something before. like that, yeah. But, um, like, all of the history's there, isn't it? And, mm. you know, of course, it's right in that kind of working-class area. Yeah, isn't right it? in the heart of East you know, London. Like... around there. Go into the London Stadium, which is, is kind of right in the middle of nowhere. I know it's in Stratford, isn't it? But, yeah. Yeah, it is right in the middle of nowhere. Like, um, you, you know, and you haven't sort of got that character or that history. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's going to be tough. So, but you've been since, and it's been better. Um, so I went to the uh, opening. It was like a friendly game against Juventus. Um, I was able to get tickets for that, uh, and then I was also at the last time uh, before, obviously, the lockdown and stuff like that. West Ham played Sheffield. Uh, United at home and I like to think of that as like the main derby now in the premiership for uh, West Ham just because of the whole Carlos Tevez 2006-2007 when they almost got relegated um, oh. <laughs> I like uh, I like to think of that as the premier derby for West Ham in the premiership um, so like it, it, it was better saying that like uh, and it, it's it's the kind of thing where you're looking at it going like uh, yeah I, these are the necessary steps you need to take if you want to be uh, like one of the competing clubs that, uh, you know, gets, uh, you know, big signings, uh, good managers and stuff like that, uh, you need like that kind of infrastructure of having a stadium that size. So it felt like a necessary evil almost, but still it was a, it was a better pill to swallow. Like, Okay. Um, so thinking about um, players, that you've you've watched, uh, mm -hmm. you've seen at West Ham. Who's the funniest ever player? Um, the funniest ever player. Uh, that, that's a good question. Um, and, and in terms of players, I definitely think the one who seemed like kind of most jovial and stuff like that was definitely Shaka Hislop. Okay. Yeah, the Trinidad and Tobago goalie. He was there at West Ham for a good couple of seasons. 
Um, but then also you're looking at uh, examples of like people like Luis Bonamorte, uh, Ricardo Fazdez, and uh, uh, he, he used to play right back from Northern Ireland, uh, uh, George McCartney. Um, they uh, obviously like, uh, I would have a bit of a soft spot for all the Northern Irish players in the West Ham squads. Like when I was younger, watching them, people like Roy Carroll, you know, uh, of Wigan, Derby, United, yeah. um, uh, and George McCartney. Like, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably going to give the, yeah, I'd give it to George McCartney just because, okay. yeah, I've met him a couple of times and he is a very funny guy. Like, So what sort of things does he do? Is he just kind of one-liners or... Uh, it's he it, it kind of seems like uh, you know the way Jimmy Buller gets on in like soccer AM and stuff like that. Okay. He, he's he's kind of like a Belfast version of that. So okay. like a, Be- a Belfast Cockney almost. I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a scary concept when you think about it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'd probably give the funniest player to him definitely. Okay. Um, all right. And um, who's the funniest current player? Would you say? Hmm. I, I don't know. I would say, uh, I reckon Darren Randolph, the backup keeper, uh, I, I reckon he likes a laugh. He's a good crack, but I might actually give it to Declan Rice because he seems like a real kind of, uh, leader, kind of like Mark Noble, but less serious, if you know what I mean? So like- I, I, yeah. So I, I think, uh, I th- yeah, no, I'll give it to Declan Rice as well. Okay. All right. Um, and when you've been over, uh, sort of be at the bowling ground or or maybe even the London Stadium, mm-hmm. um, what's the funniest chant you've ever heard? Um, uh, <laughs> so um, I can't, I think it was when they were playing Swansea at home and it was a bunch of, a bunch of West Ham fans just down on the bottom left-hand side of the pitch um, going like, he's coming for you, he's coming for you, Harry Potter, he's coming for you. Um, but they were singing it to John Joe Shelby, who's the spitting image of Voldemort. Um, okay. so, so that uh, that's probably sticking out as uh, as one of them. Like, well sang there as well. I know. Hey, man, I get into it. Like, it's all about the improv. <laughs> Good stuff. I'll be lighting yeah. flourish off in a second. <laughs> okay. And who's who's the funniest manager that you can remember? I made uh, a story about them. Um, I mean, like, you always want to say positive stories about Sam Allardyce, like, um, because he, he's just one of those kind of, uh, you know, just phenoms in the terms of, like, football management. Uh, and the fact, like, uh, he just kind of seems like he would be up for the crack. Um, I don't know. Funniest looking was definitely Manuel Pellegrini, um, the Chilean manager who used to manage City, and he's at uh, Real Betas right now, um, just simply because he kind of looked like the ghost of Christmas past. Okay. If you know what I mean, like, so... Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, he really didn't look like he had a sense of humour either, so uh, he's definitely not getting the award, but, yeah, I'd probably give it to Sam Allardyce. Okay. What about Pardew? Because we had a, I had a. Oh new yeah, Alan Pardew. And uh, some of the stories he had about Pardew. I mean, he's a legend up there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I definitely remember. Like, what was it? United Crystal Palace final when Palace scores and he does that like weird kind of like stupid dance. I mean, like that's what you like from a manager. Don't worry about tactics or anything like that. As long as a manager can dance like that, that's how you know you've got a good one. Um, 
but uh yeah no i i, I rem- like i remember Pardew and stuff like that and uh he was obviously a great manager for us but uh no i don't really have uh, uh like at, at least i don't know any stories i'm sure there probably are one or two but uh i haven't heard anything about it well when he was with west ham at least okay so we'll go with pellegrini then yeah yeah might as well i stuff um and uh Who's the funniest fan? Or can you think of an incident with a fan that was quite funny? Um, I remember. So it was. The, I wasn't at this game, but this is a story I've been told. Um, it was the last game at uh, the Bowling Ground uh, against United, and um, uh, there was this incident where uh, the game was delayed because of fans pelting the Manchester United away bus coming in and like breaking windows and stuff like that and obviously being someone from Belfast that's kind of you know run of the mill kind of thing but uh and obviously don't endorse that kind of crack it's you know but um apparently I, I had a couple of friends who are in the West Ham uh the Belfast West Ham supporters group uh that were at the game and apparently there was this guy he's you know scarf over his this was before you know masks were mandatory so it's like mask just uh below his eyes and he uh, went to throw like a like this kind of like I don't know it was like a brick or a stone or something, uh, and he he chucks it, but then he uh, kind of like over he overdoes it, and he's unbalanced, and he just goes over straight in his head and knocks himself out, and then the police just go over to check on him. He's okay. Just they bring him to the uh, there's a couple of paramedics looking at him, and then they carry him off in cuffs. <laughs> So that yeah, that's probably the the funniest uh, uh, interaction that I I know of someone having with a West Ham fan. Okay, um, and did have you ever been away with West Ham? I know obviously you've been to Wembley, mm-hmm. been to Wembley, been to Old Trafford. Yeah, any stories from any away days? Any <laughs> um, away days? Um, obviously, because like Premier League culture in Northern Ireland, like every the majority of people, they wouldn't follow like Irish league teams. They would all kind of like support uh, someone in the Premiership. Um, so you would get a lot of people uh, go- going over constantly um, and like flights to watch Leeds, Spurs, uh, Celtic Rangers, everyone. Mm. Um, so uh, there's this and like the norms and stuff like that for us, um, we don't get like the things that would be thought of as normal over in like somewhere that has that Premier League culture, like London or Manchester or something like that. But there was this one time my dad took me to go see West Ham against uh, United at Old Trafford again. Uh, It was like a, a, I think it might have been a cup match. I'm not quite sure, but I knew it was during the week. It wasn't like a weekend game. And uh, me and him turn up uh, (laughs) to the game and I'm wearing, I'm literally, like, I could literally run onto the pitch and they wouldn't even notice I had that much West Ham, uh, you know, apparel on me. Yeah. Um, so I go to walk in. But you see, the problem is my dad's bought, uh, he had a season ticket uh, and one for my mom as well, but uh, she wasn't there. So I was taking her ticket. And uh, the, the steward stops me and my dad before, like, going in to sit down. And he goes, like, oh, we're sorry. You're going to need to either take that off or cover it up because obviously it might incite some kind of violence and stuff like that. And uh, my dad was like, oh, just take your jacket off. And I took it off, <laughs> West Ham shirt, had to take that off, West Ham t-shirt. And I've got a West Ham tattoo as well. So it was uh, it was very difficult to, uh, you know, kind of cover those up as well. Um, so that's probably my funniest away day story. Just 
almost <laughs> causing a you know a fucking uh, riot <laughs> just before going into Old Trafford. Like. <laughs> we actually had uh, I had Louis Green on, uh, mm-hmm. another West Ham fan comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's from Colchester, and he was saying about similar things. He he was at Old Trafford, but he he went for the he, a bit of a sly option. He wore a Bobby Moore. Uh, number six England shirts. That's how you get around it. <laughs> yes, that's a good yeah, idea. Cover all bases. <laughs> See, but uh, then I had to. I had they. They allowed me in eventually, but I had to um, uh, turn the uh, shirt inside out so it wasn't like you know the actual badge and stuff like that. Um, but you could still clearly tell it was like a West Ham shirt, so <laughs> it was a bit, it was a bit pointless. Like, but I'll, I'll definitely think about taking the the Bobby Moore. Um, uh, well, you never know. Jesse Lingard could be staying with us, so uh, we could uh, just get an old Lingard jersey. I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll know not to do it in the future. Like, <laughs> okay. oh, dear. and. Um... Jordan, what do you have coming up in comedy? Have you got any plans for any any shows sort of coming out of lockdown? Yeah, I um my second proper solo show is coming to uh, the Limelight in Belfast. Um, the date hasn't been uh, uh, you know set in stone yet, just because of um, everything going on at the minute. But uh, hopefully, it'll be early next year. Uh, it'll be my second hour long show. Uh, that I've done and I'm super excited to do it and I just want to go as many different places uh, so if anybody's listening that wants to put on a gig anywhere there's a football team I will go <laughs> do the show watch your football team and just continue on um, but yeah so I've got uh, two dates lined up in the limelight in Belfast which is uh, kind of like a, a big gig venue in Belfast Great stuff. All right. And when when are those shows? Uh, so the shows uh, at the minute they haven't been they've been penciled in for the start of October. That looks like it's not going to happen now. So I'm going to be I'm looking at it at the minute to maybe push it back push it back to uh, early next year. But uh, it's one of those things you just have to you know kind of uh, play it by ear, just see see how it goes. Like yeah, okay, exciting stuff. I know. I can't wait, man. I'm buzzing. Great stuff. All right. And um, if people want to find you, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps on social media, um, what do they what do they look up? Obviously, Google Jordan Robinson, but um, mm-hmm. you have uh, Instagram, Twitter, all of that. Yeah, uh, so I uh, I am under Jordan Robinson Comedy uh, in Instagram. Uh, I'm also on Facebook and stuff like that, but I rarely uh, use Facebook anymore. Um, but uh, I'm also I also uh, am a host of a couple of different podcasts as well. Um, a, a sports-based podcast called Injury Time, uh, where we uh, look at the weekend sport, uh, what's happened, you know, in terms of results, but then also an uh, interesting story that normally, um, like, kind of merges true crime and sport together. So you're looking at, like, um, different stories like O.J. Simpson, Chris Benoit, stuff like that. And I also do a movie review podcast with a comedian um, called Heather Anderson, uh, where it's just talking about movies the whole time and uh my co-host on the injury time podcast uh, is a comedian called darren matthews very very funny guy uh but he happens to be a united fan so and we've played them more than any other team this uh this season so you can imagine the rivalry is um yeah, yeah it's up there like okay so check out the injury time podcast mm-hmm. where is that is that on um it's on everything oh, apple oh, apple oh. podcast spotify anchor anything you're looking it's there like Great stuff. 
All yeah. right. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you on, Jordan. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I wish you all the best um, coming out of lockdown and, and your shows. Um, hopefully, hopefully this year, maybe January, um, for your your, your hour long show in Belfast. And uh, yeah, good luck with the podcast as well, Injury Time Podcast. That's great. Thanks so much, Guy, for having me on. I really enjoyed myself. It's been a pleasure, mate. Perfect.